The gold rush hit native California fast, but not instantaneously. Tannis Thorne. Most people think the gold rush started in 1849, but it actually, gold was discovered in 1848. And that first summer, it was a local bonanza. The locals, the, the rancho owners and the Indians themselves were the first ones to get to the gold, and it was very abundant. And Governor Mason at the time did a tour, and he said 50% of the miners were Indian in the summer of 1848. With this yellow stuff, you can get things you don't have, like white Muslim shirts, uh, molasses, raisins, tools with edges. You want these new things that are on the horizon, coffee, liquor, salt pork. I, I want some of this. The list goes on and on. It's, it's only human. The stereotype is Indians didn't know the value of gold, but I think this is a really big misconception. They figured it out over a period of months, and they talked among themselves, and they knew what it could buy. Not only did they know the value of it, they knew the landscape, they knew the country. This is a Stone Age people, they pay attention to these things. They can recall places where they saw puddles of gold nuggets, and that would have occurred with tertiary gravels. How long did that last? It lasted for quite a long time. You see the records of uh, Indians uh, all over the state continued to mine gold. It was a resource for them. There was a year, about a year, where they were doing quite well. And then you see Indians being barred from some of the diggings by 1852, 1853. Why was that? Competition. Then what happened? Then, since their subsistence base had been largely destroyed because the riparian areas were the areas where the gold was, and that was where large part of the food was, they were using the gold to purchase food for a couple years. And then when they no longer could get access to gold, they were, they were starving. There's a map of trails in the book, and it's fun to look at the trails and align them with today's roads. We today use I-80 to drive from here to there. Before I-80, there was I-40. Before that, there was the railroad. How was that route used before the railroad came in? Well, there was a lot of trade east-west with the Washoe, and the Washoe in turn traded with the Paiute to the east, and then People, say, around Colfax or Auburn traded with people in the valley who traded with people from the coast. There was a well-established network, and there's lots of archaeological evidence. Many of the trails that the Indians forged were then followed by the miners, especially through forested areas. That would have been very difficult to negotiate. The uh, ridge routes were, of course, very efficient ways of traveling. Highway 80 is a good example of that. What sort of estimates do we have of the population prior to the gold rush? Probably for the Nissan on seven to 10,000 would be, a, I think, a modest number. The population was not sustained after the gold rush. No, most people agree that there is an 80, 90% drop within years of the encounter. But we have to also remember that population was declining 
before the gold rush because of the introduction of epidemic diseases that no doubt came up from the valley and impacted the foothill people as well. It's an untold story. We don't know the powerful leaders that were here before, some of whom no doubt died. There are entire sagas that preceded us within within the people, but they didn't just completely quit. They're resilient. Here's the key word here. They, they reformed. The Nisanans still show resilience today as they struggle to get the United States to recognize them as a California tribe. Tannis Thorne and Hank Meals are authors of a new book, Nevada City Nisinon. Tannis and Hank will speak at a free book signing event at Siemens Lodge this Wednesday at 7 p.m. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller.